Hi, this is Mark Wade, writer of Daredevil, and you're listening to Longbox Heroes. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Longbox Heroes, episode 512. I'm Todd, along with Joe. How are we doing today, Joe? I'm about four months off a haircut, my man, and I don't know when I'm going to be getting one anytime soon. I'm going to shave tomorrow morning, like not shave off the beard completely, but like manage it, you know? I have two problems. I haven't had a haircut in maybe years, and second of all, um, I don't have a working beard trimmer, so I have not trimmed my beard, and in these troubling times, uh, comma, Todd, I can't go to a hairstylist because you have to wear masks, so I don't know how they would do a beard trim, Mm. so I'm kind of like stuck. I may be buying one soon, a beard trimmer, by the way. I think they spray a sealant over your mouth and (laughs) nose holes. (laughs) Oh, just so just what get I mean. around it. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll see. Hopefully I'll, I'll groom up nice. You know what I mean? Hmm. A haircut in years. I don't know how I feel about that. I just let it just fall out. That's what I do. I guess. And new hair grows in. We hope. There, there we go. It's a, it's, you know, the circle of life, Joe. Huh. <sighs> Would you like to know what's on the show instead of my hair, you know, regimes? No, many a times, though, I think to myself about shaving off all my hair. Like, oh. like you know, nobody sees me. I wear a hat all the time. But That is true. That is true. And you have, like, earbuds in your ears. So it's like you're trying to cover up everything as far as I'm concerned. I really am. And I know we, talk, we'll, we will talk about it on After Dark this week. But, uh, you know, I go out and I'm, like, the only one who wears a mask or, like, I'm in the bottom 10% of people that are wearing masks in public still in this area. Mm-hmm. Um, at least in my neighborhood, let's say, you know, um, I see people have them hanging from their cars and whatnot. <laughs> and uh, I think I'm probably going to wear a mask in public for the rest of my life. Okay. I like it. I, I like the, the feel of it. Um, you know, I don't scare people. I could say hi to people. <laughs> and they're not horrified by me, you know? That is true. That is true. I'm too handsome to hide this. So the second I get to take the mask off, there's a lot of handsome here, Joe. It can't be contained by a mask. So, What do we got on the show today? (laughs) Um, A follow-up to two stories from last week. DC is reprinting a series that was a treasure trove of knowledge in a format that hasn't had any problems, dramatic pause, recently. (laughs) Also, uh, they have a new project coming up starring, as far as I'm concerned, the most misunderstood character in comics. And finally, a comic company gets some backlash over the choices they made and the fallout from from them. Also, con news, free digital books and sales, what we read last week, which was Strange Adventures number three, Immortal Hulk 35, Snake Eyes Deathstroke, I mean Deadpool, I mean Dead Game number one. What we're looking forward to this week, an art of Todd's art attack and spoiler filled talk of Stargirl at the end, Joe. Yeah, baby. Filled up show. Lots of serious things. It sounds like we're talking about what's what sort of show is this? I don't know. I don't like what we've become, Joe. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, let's start because you did miss a couple things there in in the in your own in your own show notes. But I will uh, not shame you for them. I will just mention, of course. A couple weeks ago, we talked about Boom has some sort of big project coming out with some sort of A-list talent. 
that's going to be involved in it. And last week, it was announced that star of the Bill and Ted movies and nothing else as far as I know, maybe something about like a candle maker, I'm not really sure. <laughs> Keanu Reeves, along with uh, artist Alessandro Vitti, are going to be doing a book for Boom called Berserker without any of the uh, vowels in there. Right, right. Uh, I don't know. Berserker looks like he might be Wolverine from the the pages, the couple pieces of art that we've seen there. Um, Keanu Reeves says that he's always liked comics, you know, says right. he read Richie Rich books back when he <laughs> was a kid and Dark Knight Returns, which is a surprise. I didn't know anyone read that book. I thought it was just a punchline of the show. <laughs> um... But I don't know, is this, and we, we kind of talked off air about this, and we can kind of use this to get into that. Um, has there ever been a Hollywood star that has finished a book and or put out a good book? And as I add the addendum, that wasn't a writer beforehand. Right. Because like, like you have Straczynski and you have... Uh, you have Kevin Smith, who wrote movies at least. You know what I mean? Like, sure. even though he didn't finish everything he did. I'm talking about your, you know, your Rosario Dawson's, your Keanu Reeves, your Phil's from Chicago. You know, like the true writers in comics. You know, didn't uh, John Favreau like what? Like John Favreau, you'd call like a triple threat because he's like a writer, director, actor. and actor, and a non-finisher of comic books. Right? Because didn't he do that Iron Man? It was like Fing Fang Foom book that was supposed to be... It was like be... some sort of like... I think it was like Iron Man Viva Las Vegas maybe was the title of it. Right. And it was a bridge between two of the movies. Yeah. And just never got done. Like that's... That of all the stuff that we talk about, will it ever come back? That'll never happen. Yeah, I feel safe in that. You know, I don't know. Um, I've, I've turned the corner on Keanu Reeves in the last couple of years. He seems like an affable fella. And uh, I can't blame him for whatever my problem with the Matrix films are. <laughs> um, you know, he's really good in The Gift. I haven't seen the John Wick movies, but I hear they're okay. Right. My, my take on Keanu Reeves is I like him. You know, the, all this, you know, publicity that he's been getting, that he's a great guy. I'm just worried. I don't think he's done anything wrong, but there comes that moment when the world who's been lifting him up gets tired of seeing him being, you know, portrayed in a positive light, then has to tear him down for no reason. So I'm waiting for that boomerang effect on Keanu Reeves. Like every day I'm like, when is it going to happen when he's no longer revered and he's the punchline again? Because that's what we have to do to our heroes. I wouldn't really call Keanu Reeves my hero, but I get you. I get you. He's a hero, Joe. He's a hero to some, not to me. He's the hero we deserve. Anyway. I, yeah. Uh, another one uh, you'd mentioned as a follow-up, uh, the Tom Taylor Marvel Dark Age book that was teased in the free comic book day offering that came out from Marvel this past week. Mm -hmm. uh, apparently it's some sort of alternate reality, not so much a what if, not so much as an Elseworld thing, but definitely an out of continuity thing. Right. Uh, you know, I'll check it out. Um, you know, I, I, we talked on the show that I would give Tom Taylor a look and I said, whatever the next project he does, I would check out. And as 
we've talked about on the show, obviously, Todd, in much, much more glowing terms than I. Not that I've talked of it negatively, but you, Todd, much more than I about his current run on Suicide Squad. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll see how this goes. Um, you know, we have a somewhat a little bit more clarity. I was really worried it was going to be like an X event or something. Oh, that was my worst nightmare, too. Yes. I had my fingers crossed in the hopes that it would not be. Mm-hmm. Uh, but into actual news and things and such, uh, it was officially announced this past week that starting next year, DC is going to be collecting the infamous 80s book, Who's Who in the DC Universe. <gasps> One of the greatest runs of comics ever, Joe. But they're going to be doing it as an omnibus, is that correct? Yes, it is. Oh, boy. And their track record, not great with Omnibuy, Joe. Maybe they've been working out the kinks for this moment. Well, they've, they've, they've lopped some heads off of DC, so maybe, you know, they've gotten, that, they've gotten that done. I'm really looking forward to this. I will be picking up one of these Omnibuy. I have all the issues. I like the fact that they're adding, like, all the who's who's from, like, annuals and secret files. That, oh, baby. That, when that I saw they, that list of what's included, you know, I was like, oh, man, this is great. The only question I have, and is because you probably didn't peruse them or have, I don't know if you even had them, like peruse them as much as I did, is some of the quality of the printing of the original Who's Who's was absolutely terrible. Like there'd be whole pages that were like blurry when you read them. Like it was, it was bizarre. Like, and it would just be random. It would be like, well, here's an issue where there's a lot of blurry pages. So I'm hoping they have a lot of that fixed because the quality on the original run wasn't great, but I like that they're doing this and I maybe have some ideas about who's who. If we ever, if we do run out of previews for previewing the past for Patreon, I have to run them by off mic, but I got some interesting ideas. I think what'll be good until 91, 90, end of 91, early 92. Yeah, but I'm just saying, I like to be prepared, Joe. I'm like a Boy Scout on this show. I don't like to deal in constants. While I do think that this is going to come out, uh, knowing that it's going to be a uh, omnibus doesn't fill me with hope and or pride. Yeah, well, either way, I can get you the actual issues, so it doesn't Mm -hmm. matter. That I'm just saying, this kick-started an idea. That's all. Uh, so, another book. Uh, DC's solicitations are out. This week would have been San Diego Comic-Con. So, a lot of the other folks have held off on their solicitations currently as we're recording this. I'm sure a lot of stuff will come out as it gets closer to Comic-Con. As not to spoil, uh, or San Diego Comic-Con, excuse me. Uh, as not to spoil whatever things that they had planned on announcing and will be announcing virtually this weekend. DC, they're just doing their own thing. They're running rogue. We release our stuff whenever we want. Our book's coming on Tuesday. We don't care about nothing. (laughs) Announced this past week that they're going to be doing a Tom King, Jorge Fournier, 12-issue miniseries about Rorschach and Mm. yet another unofficial sequel uh, to Watchmen, and I do see Dave Stewart's name is involved in this some way, just to further twist a knife on an old crazy man who lives in a cave and talks to snakes and watches South Park. Right. I, I hope they're lining up at his door 
to get quotes from him about this watchman like this 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 in the latest line of like doing stuff with his watchman creation because that's really as much as i make fun of alan moore just people want like he doesn't seem to be as crazy until you bring up watchman and every interviewer knows if i want to get that good sound bite let's poke the bear so uh, please, everybody, leave Alan Moore alone, and let's just distru- d- discuss w- this Rorschach maxi series. As far as I'm concerned, you know, without involving him. And this was the uh, in the news tease that you said Rorschach is one of the most uh, misunderstood characters in comics. I don't know if you were being tongue in cheek there. No, I be- I believe way too many people believe Rorschach is the hero of Watchmen. Like he's like he's he's the good guy, and I'm like. No, Rorschach is the the cautionary tale is if you have no bend in your life, what can happen? He I would say he's he is the agent of calculated chaos that moves the story along. Right, because he's But he's one. definitely not the hero and he's definitely not the villain. Mm-hmm. Actually, there's I, I've discussed this with some people and gotten into arguments that there is to me there is only one redeemable character in all of Watchmen, and that's the original Night Owl. And that's it. Everybody else has a weird, like kinky or ulterior motive for doing what they're doing. But the original one just read a copy of Action Comics. And then later, like Batman was like, you know what? I want to help people because he was a cop and he couldn't do things on on the thing. But like hooded justice, like, you know, like to beat people during, you know, intimate time. Like you go down the list. There are a lot of weird people. But the first Night Owl is the only truly redeemable character in the whole book. Uh, Argument to be made, Night Owl 2. The second Night Owl, Dan, whatever his last name is that he changed. Right. Dan only Dan did it because it got him excited with uh, seeing other people in in uh, he was he was inspired by the original Night Owl, but he liked women in costumes. That's the reason he got involved. All right. It wasn't about I'm going to make the world a better place. It was like, oh, I kind of like this fighting and it gets me, you know, there, if you will. But. Like I said, uh, even uh, what uh, who's the the two uh, Silk Spectre? She's only doing it because her mom wants her to. Yeah, you know, yeah. I like, was going to mention her. I know she's uh, not. You know, no. Right. I'm just going down the list of like all the characters. Okay, I, I'm just saying. I, I was going to make the argument there for uh, Night Owl Two, uh, Dan, whatever his last name is. But okay, you've convinced me otherwise. Just the original Night Owl. Right. If anybody and of wants course, to... deservedly so, spoilers for Watchmen, he's the one who gets a uh, bloody beaten to death uh, for being the only pure character <laughs> in the book. Exactly. Not to say that all the other scummy characters in the book don't also uh, have a horrible ending as well, as most of them do. But, uh, I don't know, I like Tom King. And he does like his... Watchman style storytelling so he's the perfect fit he's done a lot of nine panel pages with a quote from a famous you know novel or song at the end so which was the motif of all 12 issues of Watchmen. yeah that's kind of my only knock on tom king's i love his work is like stray from the formula occasionally I get you. I get you. Uh, I will also say, of course, this being not only a 
uh, unofficial sequel to Watchmen. It is an it is an official sequel to Doomsday Clock. So I don't know, you know, kavod impor, buyer beware, you know. Technically, wouldn't it be a prequel to Doomsday Clock? No, according to this, uh, it says that this takes place uh, after the events. Or uh, is it after the events or before the events? See, I thought it was, the because the, I got confused on it a little bit, was that it was President, somebody's going up against President Redford in the election. I thought he was already president in Doomsday Clock. If that makes, I don't know. I just got confused in the wording. So, either way, yeah. I'm reading it. Yeah, it's, it says you know, pres, uh, President Robert Redford, but then it says it appears to be a sequel to Jeff Johns' Doomsday Clock, set in the year 2020, 35 years since Ozymandias was exposed for dropping, uh, you know, the things in the hey hey, and it hurts me. <laughs> uh, again, we already given away one spoiler there. Right. Yeah. Uh, but it, uh, yeah. But, uh, but it doesn't say it doesn't say who this watchman or this uh, Rorschach is. Is this um, what's his face, his son, or is this someone entirely new? You know, I have a feeling that it's going to be the the one from Doomsday Clock because it's the sequel. I think a third Rorschach would be just a little too much, if you will. You know, but... I get you. Get you. Uh, also, uh, in the news, uh, this. Uh, plays into us because this is a book that had a lot of controversy around it as it was coming out is mark russell is having a sequel to second coming over at ahoy comics mm -hmm. uh the sequel to that only begotten son comes out this december and i'm glad that this book was able to be successful enough to necessitate a sequel like it left it as an open-ended cliffhanger but you never know how a book like this is going to do uh, in the direct and or secondary market. I agree with you, um, but I kind of believed with the heat that it had after leaving DC Vertigo to go to Ahoy Comics, that Ahoy was like, all right, we can get another one out of this. And I mean, if, if it tanked, then it was like, if they sold zero copies, then they weren't getting a sequel. But in my heart of hearts, I was like, yeah, Mark Russell with the, with the like the, the stuff that he's gotten from his like Snagglepuss book, the awards and stuff like that, I, I was like, I think we'll we're the probability is high of getting a, a sequel to Second Coming. But I'm glad because we knew the, like the way the book ended that there was going to be more. So here, here, I love that book. It was a blast. I'm looking forward to more. Right. And speaking of Mark Russell, this leads us to our final story, uh, and this is something that developed over the weekend in regards to Dynamite and. Uh, their possible allegiances and ties to people in the comics gate community. Now, I will just say this, uh, when it comes to this sort of thing, of course, uh, you know, Todd and I attempt to be as apolitical as possible, but I will say that I do uh, not support or condone anyone that actively uh, is sexist or, you know, against women and, you know, targets anyone of any sort of, uh, put upon person in the comic books industry. Comics are for everyone, should be for everyone. Obviously, don't give your kid that Rorschach book from Tom <laughs> King, because that might be a mature ages book. But there's a kid out, there's a comic out there for everyone, and a person out there should be reading every comic. I am not in the business of keeping people out of comics unless you are coming into comics from a place of hate or derogatory behavior or sexism or things of that nature. 
Right. That being said, as quickly as it went up, it went down that someone who was very closely tied to the Comics Gate community was doing a variant cover for a Vengeance of Vampirella book with his Comics Gate character alongside other Dynamite characters, right? Mm-hmm. So, obviously, because there's many people in the comic book industry, and rightfully so, are very strongly against the Comics Gate thing, many people, uh, Gail Simone being one of them, uh, the aforementioned Mark Russell, uh, many people who are currently working on books at Dynamite, all came out and like said, like, hey, man, my books were done. They were in the, in the can before this was announced. Uh, you know, I have up to issue five of my book done, but I ain't doing anything else for Dynamite if this is what they're going to do. Uh, you know, Mark Russell was like, I'm on Red Sonya to 24, which is what my contract is, and I'm not going to continue with them. John Lehman, uh, Christian Ward, Tony, uh, Tony Lee, uh, retailers even have even come out, and this is how it came across my my purview is that I saw a bunch of different retailers that I followed. They're like, yeah, if this is what Dynamite is going to do, I'm just not going to stock Dynamite comics. And obviously, Dynamite, you know, reacted with their wallet, which is how they reacted in the first place. And I think, as a company, as a publisher, you know, I'll say, obviously, if you want to play with the big dogs, bark bark, in DC and Marvel. And let's even say image, okay? You don't lend your characters out to other people to do variant covers that you haven't properly vetted, right? Mm -hmm. On the flip side of that, being that it seems as though Dynamite is willing to um, vet their characters out to people that they haven't vetted and haven't done any research about, um... I, I think we might know an artist or two who might be able to get us as a, on the cover of a variant cover of a book mm-hmm. for the right price. Right. I think we, you and I, need to reach out to Dynamite and maybe any of our artist friends to say, listen, here's this artist. Here's who we are. We do a podcast. We want to do a variant cover of Betty Page where it's Todd and I on the cover of Betty Page. That's right. Or whatever. You know what I mean? Right, with with Betty looking very sincere. Right, right. Um, and one, I want to look into that just to see how much Dynamite is willing to just give their characters away to anyone that comes across the pike with a couple of nickels to rub together. And um, two, to see how quickly you and I get found out to be the monsters that we are. Well, fast. I'm going to go with fast, Joe. But I we actually like discussed kind of that a while back when it was harder to get variant covers because you had to be a dealer. Like, like our, our retailer did the Godzilla one and everything. And they, they would offer them to retailers to do covers. And we we're like, what if we swipe their option and did, you know what I mean? So I, I think it can happen, but it would be interesting. Let's put it that way. Right. Uh, so I don't know if you're, you know, in the different tier of the publishers and you want to move up out of the top 10 into the top three or five, hmm. uh, do a little bit of research before you just give your characters away to anyone. But I'm wondering if they actually, you know, not so much did the research, but 
what's the word I'm looking for? Know this person, or maybe someone at Dynamite, and this is all just speculation, agreed with them. So let them have a cover. I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Like that's because I'm not privy to the inner workings of Dynamite, if you will. Right. And that's the other thing is, and let's say one person has come to you and said, this person is okay. Let's look to see how that person's book sells. Let's look to see how many other things that this person is contracted for. Let's see how some of our other folks that maybe have been doing stuff with us consistently for two, three, five, ten years that are big pillars of the community in comics to see how they feel about this. Mm-hmm. Um, I, and obviously at the end of the day, Dynamite is a company and they could literally do whatever they want. But for the afternoon that this Indiegogo was live, and I will you know, say it was quickly funded and obviously quickly taken down in the span of 12 hours. The news cycle happens very fast these days, folks. Um, you know, Dynamite, however much they got paid by that guy or the writer or whomever it was to make that decision, lost doing business with like three or four or five creators. But now I'm curious because I don't, I hadn't seen whether Mark Russell, who said after 24, I'm done because they're doing business with this person, said like, now we're not, does that bring the people back or have you ruined your relationship with them? You know what I mean? Um, I, I'm going to lean to, it may have ruined their relationship. Okay. Um, cause I don't know. I think it, I would lean towards it. It would do that, but you never know, like doing the, doing the right thing eventually, maybe. I don't know. Right. And, and obviously I, I think you have to look at doing the right thing all the time. You know, obviously, Mark Russell, I'm sure, could very easily take any and all of his projects, as we had mentioned before, to Ahoy. Right. And whatever ideas and plans and otherwise that he had planned to maybe do a dynamite, he could just now take elsewhere. Right. But off the top of my head is going to be a weird question. Um, Does dynamite do creator-owned stuff? Or It seems all properties to me. Um, it does, but I think they do give some creators a lot of leeway and a lot of room to do whatever it is they want, you know? Right. And just one thing, cause it's stuck, it's stuck in my head that you were saying the, uh, when you were doing, when you said diamond or any company, diamond dynamite needs to do their due diligence. The only one that I disagree with is on how many books they sell. You know what I mean? Like when you like, cause maybe they don't sell a lot or whatever, just as long as you have, have done no terrible things in your life. Sometimes the little guy needs, you know, some help too, if that makes any sense. Did I misconstrue what you were saying? Nope. Nope. I, I get what you're saying. Right. That's all. That's all I got. Uh, so that being said, that does wrap up the news. Of course, there's conventions this weekend, Todd. There's a Is convention, there? a, a physical convention, <laughs> um, a brick and mortar convention. Casper Comic-Con. Sadly, not in Casper, Wyoming, where I thought it would be, but it's actually in Colorado Springs, Colorado. Right. Um, That, I will say, everyone just be safe, be wary, and I'll say this as well. You know who don't care about uh, quarantining and all this other stuff and staying home and staying safe? Is Sam J. Jones of Flash Gordon, because every convention that has popped up since... (laughs) 
<laughs> things have opened back up, he's been at every single one of them. Well, I heard he's he's you know he's fought a lot of demons in his life, so mm. he's ready to fight this one. I say good luck and be safe uh, for every uh, conceivable reason possible there. Mm -hmm. uh, if you are in the Colorado Springs area or looking to attend this convention, I don't know. It does say uh, that it is going to be held inside. Uh, as of uh, a week ago, they said this. No updates have been made since. And it does say that masks are highly recommended. Highly recommended. Ooh. Uh -huh. That's so, that's just a smidge lower than mandatory. It certainly is. So, you know, I don't know. There's a lot going on this weekend, I think, with San Diego doing the San Diego Comic-Con at home deal. Lots of other folks doing their own thing uh, this weekend as well. I don't know. Maybe stay home this weekend. That's, that's right. me. I, I plan to see what the, the, what do you call it, the virtual uh, conventions would be with San Diego. Maybe I'll find some stuff. Yeah. But. And uh, also over there uh, in the show notes, you can certainly check out the soon to be named network at soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Anytime any of these shows and this like minded collective <laughs> of peoples and places and things that we call this put out a show or appear on another show and they tell me they're on that other show, it goes up over at soon to be named network.com. Soon to be named network.tumblr.com, whether it be this show or Longbox Heroes After Dark, uh, At Odds with Wrestling, uh, Wednesday Night War, Final Wrestling Place, Profane Arguments, Puzzle Warriors 3, and then, uh, you know, Audio Man Extraordinaire, uh, David Kincannon, affectionately, affectionately known by some as Old, Old DeWiki, uh, <laughs> is appearing on a Karate Kid Minute by Minute podcast. Right. Uh, I think he's on for the next three weeks, if I remember looking at the uh, schedule correctly for him. And that's over on uh, the Tumblr as well. Uh, Karate Kid, he's uh, on minute four of the Karate Kid film. Ooh. Minute four. Deep into it. Uh -huh. And I, we actually discussed this weekend that Karate Kid is a movie that we're going to make uh, my kid watch here in the near future. Interesting. Yes. I think he'll enjoy it. Uh, but yeah, soon to be named network.com, soon to be named network.tumblr.com. Also, over in the show notes is a bunch of the digital sales and freebies that are going on. Uh, I am glad and happy to see so many companies are still doing so many sales, as it were. Sometimes it gets to be too, too many sales, but hey, uh, widen your uh, interests, I guess. Marvel is having sales. On uh, it's there's a there's an Avengers sale, there's an Avengers vs X Men sale, and then there's a Marvel latest and greatest sale. I'm sure you can find something. Right. Uh, Dark Horse is having a sale on Umbrella Academy stuff and the entire line of Dark Horse comics. Ooh. I'm sure you can find something there. Right. Some uh, aliens and Predator. Get them while they're get them before they're gone. Mm-hmm. Uh, Image is having a sale on Greg Rucka stuff uh, in relation to that old guard thing that's on Netflix. Is it a movie? Is it a TV show? I don't know. I think it's a movie, right? I think so. Listen, you got to move with the times, Joe, with these streaming things. Mm -hmm. 
these streaming things get announced and come out. Uh, I was chided the other day that we did not talk about the Sandman Netflix show. And I said, there is no Sandman Netflix show. And I'm like, and then I was told, it's like, oh, it's in production. I'm like, until they start announcing like filming and a cast, it doesn't right. count. I think they might have got confused too with the audio play that, or the the audio reading of the the, the actual issues that yeah, recently I heard came good. out. I haven't I haven't dove into that yet. Right. Remember me to tell you something about that off the air. All right, I'll write that down. Yep. Sandman. <laughs> not the not not you know human bender, the not different stuff. Yes. Uh, but Image is also having uh, a graphic novel sale and a sale on Savage Dragon stuff. So there's a mm -hmm. lot of stuff for you to get there. Valiant is having a graphic novel sale on pretty much everything in graphic novel form. IDW is having a graphic novel sale, <laughs> as well as a sale on all their G.I. Joe stuff. I'm sure there's a little crossover there. <laughs> and Todd, in the height of ingenuity, creativity... Call it what you will. DC is having the Summer Sizzler Scorcher Sale Part 2 this week. Ooh. Uh, I did not get a chance to item by item, line by line, the things that were included in Part 1 versus not included in Part 2. <laughs> uh, but if I was a betting man, you know what two books are in bo were in both sales, Todd? I can't possibly imagine. Tell me, Joe. Between me and you, the landing page looks exactly the same as it did last week. Mm -hmm. The only difference is on the logo that just says part two up there. Ooh, that, you know, it's a sequel. That's right. It's one of those times where the sequel hopefully will be better than the first one or the exact same as the previous one. Yeah, you hope it's got Winter Soldier Syndrome. Yes. Uh, so like I said, all those will be in the links with the show notes, of course. Uh, let's get into what we read from this past week. Uh, Todd, where would you like to begin? I will start with the book I was looking forward to most, which was Strange Adventures number three, written by Tom King, art by uh, Mitch Drads and uh, Evan Doc Shaner. Uh, basically, at this point in the book, we're, we're still learning about what's happened on RAN. Uh, with Adam Strange, Alana, and his wife, but he is trying to unite this nomadic tribe from the desert to join up, so he has to do one of those tribal fights, and while that's going on, Alana is moving, I, I believe, moving pieces around to get some good PR, or at least some bad PR, a good PR for Adam, but bad PR for Justice League, by uh, doing some maneuvering some stuff around. Um, I like this issue. Uh, I felt like we're, we're on issue three and a lot of these pieces I don't understand, but it will become more clear as the book go, go, goes on as to why these are happening and how they will affect the story. But for the most part, um, seeing Adam fight to, to get the army on his side, I was like, okay, I have a feeling I kind of know where this is going, but the, uh, the Alana stuff I found more interesting because she's not, you know, down with Mr. Terrific. She thinks he has an, an angle or maybe against him or whatever. Um, like I said, I enjoyed this issue, but I had did not enjoy it the way I enjoyed the first two issues of strange adventure. Yes. Uh, I'm, I think of the same mindset as you. I thought issue two was very good. 
issue three felt more of laying the groundwork for everything. Right. Um, I like... It feels as though this story should be very clear-cut. Goodies and baddies. Uh, Adam Strange is a good guy. Batman's a good guy. Mr. Terrific is a good guy. The fact that they're now starting to cast... That Adam Strange and Alana are starting to cast doubts on Mr. Terrific, who should be a good guy, is starting to make them look like they might be the villains of this book. They're right. probably not going to be. But it's a very interesting angle to take. That they start trying to like discredit him. Like, who is he? How do we know who he is? Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with you, but I also look at it as they... F- now, not so much Adam, because I don't believe Adam's involved in the the what's going on. Um, because... Uh, Mr. Trivic doesn't believe their whole story. He's read the book. He, he, you know, he's insinuated there's holes in their story. I think there's something up with Adam and Alana that they can't, st- they have to play the part and in, in doing so for the greater good have to mislead people. You know what I mean? Like we don't want to lie, but we have to, for said reason we don't understand yet i think everybody's good but like you're you're saying they are putting the 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 baddie light on the stranges so we'll see where this goes you know what i mean yeah and like that added like a whole new wrinkle to what i thought this story would and could be it was something i didn't see coming it could end up being nothing Mm -hmm. but it's interesting i agree yeah uh, so the next book uh, that we both read that we were both uh, that I was looking forward to this past week was Immortal Hulk number 35. And this uh, written by uh, Al Ewing with art by Mike Hawthorne. Uh, Mike Hawthorne, I think, did a very good job of aping uh, the late 80s, early 90s style that you would see in the Hulk books. Mm-hmm. Felt very much like something that it had a very Sal Buscema vibe to it in the best way that I possibly could say. Right, especially since it was that that Savage Hulk, which he mm-hmm. was famous for. Yes. So the previous issue was all the stuff with the leader. I did not realize that the leader was still posing as Rick Jones and had not exposed his plan just yet. Like he exposed it to us, the reading audience. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know he was still in wait manipulating the Hulk. Right. And obviously you have the mental stuff that's going on with all the other Hulk personalities that are inside the Hulk. While the Hulk is now the baby face as he saved the world from the fake Hulk Zenu, whatever right. the Zenu guy was. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the beginning of a new story arc. It certainly feels like, I definitely think you need to get that leader story. Um, Not to say that the previous stuff didn't matter, but it definitely feels as though, sadly, this is the beginning of the end of this book. We talk about this book pretty much every month that it's come out. We've talked about all 35 issues or so on this uh, podcast. (laughs) Right. So, you know, I liked it. I like where this is going. It's going to be very interesting to see uh, that big leader versus Hulk battle. I don't think it's going to be like any other leader Hulk battle we've ever seen before just because of what Al Ewing has been doing with the book. And I don't want to say I can't wait to see who takes over the Hulk after this. I would not be surprised if Marvel takes six months off the publishing schedule for the Hulk 
just to kind of let this breathe so someone doesn't have to jump right onto this as Al Ewing finishes this up. Right, kind of like a Hulk sorbet as a palate cleanser. Yeah. Because, I know, you know there's like that there's that one shot that he's doing with She-Hulk mm-hmm. and maybe they might just do like a She-Hulk 6 issue mini as the aforementioned sorbet as Todd mentioned. Mm-hmm. But I can't see them like as soon as Al Ewing th- Al Ewing's run is finished that they're like here's a brand new number 1 with a brand new creative team everything that you've known about the Hulk for the last 2 plus years is different now. It's like nope. Let this stuff kind of breathe, let it percolate let it do what it needs to do, and then gradually come back to the Hulk. We're not even done with this run yet, and I'm already planning how they need to let this run really breathe. Because I, I, I really think this is going to go down as one of the greatest uh, takes on the Hulk of all time. It is going to go down as one of the top two Hulk runs ever. Um, that's just my opinion. But Except I'm, for I'm, a book I, that's been published for, what, 60 years? I don't think that's, that's that bad. No, I'm just saying... I, I I'm kind of a Peter David guy, so it's you know you know what I mean. Sure, so that's always going to be up there with me. But I think in which is going to turn out to be fifty issues and some specials or whatever. There's going to be you know a more condensed good run, and, and I'm fine with. And I agree with you on that. Like I do believe like thirty five because we believe 50 will probably be around the end of it. Like you said, we are definitely moving into the third act of this book. And the leader's been exposed as the big baddie. Like, all the stuff that's been going on with Hulk's father and blah, blah, blah. It's really, to me, the, now the leader has been revealed. Final act. Here we go. Let's see it. Um, the only small nitpick that I have about the whole book is that um, I... And, and we're guilty of it, as anybody else, is I don't think artists get the recognition they deserve. I think they get disrespected sometimes. But to me, Immortal Hulk is literally the 50-50 of art versus story. And every time it's not Ed Benes, I it doesn't feel right. I don't care how good the... Uh, story is or how you know great the art actually is i feel that this is 50 percent ed benessa's book and i understand that he had some problems and couldn't do do the book but it just takes away just a little bit i'm like if this was ed it would have been you know like 50 times better to me and, and i'm and i'm looking forward to like you know him hopefully coming back and the other thing is i'm wondering if with that maestro miniseries by the aforementioned peter david that's coming up with his origin if with that coming out in a month or two does is that timed because of this book do you know what i'm saying like i because i had uh uh, speculated that maestro would be showing up in this book at some point because we've had all the other versions of the hulk and now it makes me think we're getting maestro because of that that many that's everything that i have on the immortal hulk this month yeah you you bring up a good point okay and that's all i'll say all right. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see how that all goes. And uh, I'm excited to see what happens next. Last but not least, Todd. Yes. Is from IDW Snake Eyes Dead Game, written with a little help uh, from Chad Bowers by Rob Liefeld, with art by Rob Liefeld as well. Right. I'll let you go first. Um, okay, this is a Snake Eyes story. Basically, the gist of it is 
Snake Eyes finds out that there is some big baddie out there who might have some mystical powers and through a series of events gets goes on one mission to go after this. And like that's the nuts and bolts of the story. If you like just a big bang up, you know, like shoot 'em up story, that's what this is. Uh, you like lots of exposition in, you know, in little blocks that this is your story. Um, I don't think it's great. I don't think it's bad. But once again, when it comes to the art, and I say this as as the Rob is doing this book, the Rob is the Ed Wood of comics. There is no continuity between panels for the second half of this book. Like he, he has, some, I do believe he has some kind of manic energy while he's drawing and doesn't just does like, all right, I'm doing page 33. Cause this is a fun splash page. Then I'm going to draw page two and I'm doing this. If you read this book, he right off the, 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 the rip, he has a shot of snake eyes. Who's, you know, going to do the mission that he's going. He has pouches. Fine. That's a Rob bit, but he has a big pouch on his leg. The next page that's not there. Later on in the book, has no guns on him. We see him from a 360 angle. Uh, has no pistols. He's jumping through the air. He has two swords in his hand. Then he has one sword on his back. Then he has two pistols that I have no idea where he got them. And then the swords are missing altogether. They're not on his back or in his hands. And I'm like, oh my God. Like, get an editor and say, you have to fix all this. That, that was my... It completely took me out of the book how bad continuity was from panel to panel. And I'm pretty, I'm going to get down off my soapbox. now. I didn't mind that all that much. Um, I think maybe I look at a book by the Rob art wise, a little bit more discerning. You know, I start at the feet and uh, go from there. Right. Um, so we've talked before on this show many a times that anytime the Rob has some sort of new project, you know, I'm a sucker for the Rob. Mm-hmm. And I'll always give it a try. And the odds have not been in my favor, ever. <laughs> uh, but I felt as though this was a competently plotted story. Um, it introduced some of the more popular Joes. I don't feel that this is like any different than any other G.I. Joe comic book that there's ever been. It's not like Rob is reinventing the wheel with this book. It is a G.I. Joe comic book. There is a couple little bits where there's like that early narration that like there's a little bit of jokiness in there that doesn't feel right. Mm -hmm. And then there's the other part where uh, it's the clunky exposition scene where everyone gets to say their G.I. Joe code names like Roadblock <laughs> and Tripwire, they should call you Lockpick or whatever. Nice. Um, I'm always a sucker for whenever when for whenever anyone speaks and they speak in word balloons the lo- like a logo of the comic or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm always a sucker for that. Um, but of all the things that I've tried that the Rob has released in the nine years that we've been doing this podcast, this is the first one that I'm coming back for a second issue. Okay, fair enough. Um, yeah. I, as I said, I do believe this was a competent, like, you know, middle-of-the-road story. You know, like G.I. Joe, shoot people, you know, kill the bad guys, whatever. I got no problem with that. But 
I'm going to come back around because I just have to harp on it one last time with the art is for something that I have a, you know, I have a not a good attention span for my problem was with how blatantly obvious it was to me, a big, as you say on this show, a big dumb, dumb, you know what I mean? Like that, that you can be, I'm a big dumb, dumb to go. Where did this go? And now this is here. It's just, it's terrible storytelling. And it's the, it's, from a visual standpoint. And the thing that gets me is, you know, take away the feet, take away the, the teeth, the weird, you know, having 80 teeth in your head and having like the chest protrude. Like if that's all the style that you want, but if you're going to tell a good story, you can't have, you can't have like just no continuity from panel to panel. Like that to me, when it's that obvious just ruins it for me. Otherwise, like I said, this is probably, I've tried a lot of the Rob stuff with you and, and this is the best story that he's probably written and good, good for everybody's going to try it. I'm telling you right now, I'm tapped out, not going any further. This is All my right. one. Done with it. I'm glad you, I'm glad you were along for the ride, at least on one issue. Right. So, and I would be remiss. I don't know if we mentioned it last week, but I'll mention it again when this book was announced. And the Rob said that Snake Eyes is his favorite uh, G.I. Joe character because he's like these three other comic book characters rolled into one. Do you remember who those three were? Yes, they were. They were Wolverine, Spider-Man, and Deadpool. Uh, Batman as the last one. Okay, I'm sorry. Uh, I didn't get a lot of the vibes of any of those characters in this book. Maybe in issue two I will. Maybe. But I will give this to the Rob. His dialogue for Snake Eyes is some of the best he's ever written. <laughs> I some think that the was the Chad Bowers cool. stuff. I think uh, he answered. No, I'm given all the the di- the straight up word balloon dialogue from Snake Eyes to Rob. Mm-hmm. Bravo. Magnifico. Fantastic. All right. Uh, and I'll check it out if you want. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, we're uh, trying to stay positive here, but I'm not, you know, I'm not yeah, going to smoke. I get you. I get you. Mm-hmm. Um, I owe you five bucks. Um, <laughs> that's what we read this past week. Let's get into what we're reading this week or looking forward to this week. If you head over to longboxheroes.com, every Tuesday around noon Eastern time, we put up the poll post, which is a link to a link to all the books that are coming out this week. Whether you get your books in print, whether you get them digitally, whether you get them shipped to your home, whether you've contacted our local retailer, Comic on the Green, which the link for that is in the show notes of every episode, and uh, you have a mail order service set up with them, be forewarned, be forearmed, know what's coming out this week. Todd and I attempt to guess what the other is looking forward to coming out this week. I am still in the lead with uh, one correct guess over Todd. Let's see how... Things are going to go. We've uh, been on a two-week not-guessing streak. Well, we've been guessing, but guessing wrong. <laughs> well, guessing wrong. Yes, yes. Right. Um, we had a gap where we didn't guess there for a while, and I hope we don't have to do that again. But the I'm looking over your list, and is the book you're looking forward to most Batman 95, the beginning of Joker War? It is. Batman 95, the beginning of Joker War, as I feel as though that is also the book you are most looking forward to coming out this week as well. It is. It was a. It was a. It's a slight A because I'm looking forward to that X Men Fantastic Four number four that I was really enjoying, and they're going to go up against Doctor Doom, and I'm like fantastic. But because it's been so long since I read those past three issues, I have to go back and re, 
go through them all. But Batman is fresh in my mind, and Batman is a eh, country mile by uh, Fantastic Four X-Men. It's just the fact that Doom's in it was was tempting me, Joe, to say that one. So, But definitely mm-hmm. Batman 95. Yeah, uh, it's been really good. Not to say that... Um... I wasn't surprised that Tinian would do a good job on this, but when he was announced as being on this book, it felt as though, and it was at least presented that it was just going to be like a fill-in sort of thing. I think it originally was, Joe. Uh Uh-huh. And And I I think his pitch ended up being good enough that they were like, okay, let's turn this into something bigger. And I think maybe get someone getting the ax really had something to do with that. I really think it was from the higher ups who were like, this is selling and you want to change things that ain't happening. Yeah. So, but I, 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 I'm not surprised that it was good. I'm surprised that how amazing it is. That's the yeah. difference. I knew it would be good because I really liked his uh, detective when he started uh, that stuff with rebirth and everything like that. It was really, really, really good. But I was like, wow. This is fan. This is some of the best Batman I've read yet again. So, anyway. Yep. Uh, so, while you're over at longboxheroes.com, be sure to check out all the other stuff that we have there past episodes of this show, past episodes of Longbox Heroes After Dark, the 2017 smash sensation Todd and Joe have issues. Also, check out our store, which is in the little list of things there across the top of the page, where you can get shirts and pins and stickers with our fancy logo on them. You could also head over to our Tee Public store. We could find even more things with even more fancy logos on them, inspired by this show, inspired by Longbox Heroes After Dark, inspired by Adults with Wrestling, inspired by Final Wrestling Place. They're always having sales on a variety of things, so I don't know, keep an eye on Tee Public, sign up for their mailing list, and you'll get more information. Another way that you can help us out is by signing up for our Patreon. You give us as little as a dollar a month, and we give you not one, but two extra podcasts a month one where todd and i go through that month 30 years ago's previews uh just to see what the comics world looked like 30 years ago and we also are going film by film through the ovure of comic legend mel brooks at five dollars a month you get both of those shows two weeks before everyone else and you get after dark like three days before everyone else so Mm -hmm. uh i would say for your Patreon dollar, and I literally mean a dollar, you get the most bang for your literal buck right. with our Patreon. Right. One more way that you can support us, of course, is making any and all of your purchases through our Amazon click-through. It's at the top of the page over at longboxheroes.com. Is it one extra step for you to help us out? It is. Can you just click that link and then bookmark that and use that as your Amazon thing and maybe set it up as the bookmarks on all of your friends and family's <laughs> devices. Well, listen, I'm not saying that you should do that, but I'm definitely saying that you shouldn't do that as well. Uh, some of the notable purchases through the Amazon click-through this past week include someone purchased, and I'm guessing probably the same person, purchased the Marvel Legends X-Men figures of Mystique based on the film franchise of X-Men and Sunfire based on the Age of Apocalypse design. And, uh, that Sunfire Age of Apocalypse design is a really awesome design. Right. That's a, that's an action figure that just pops, and that's a look on the page that just jumps. Uh, it's yep. really nice. 
Uh, somebody has also been going through a bunch of the different Star Wars expanded universe. I don't even know if that's what it's called anymore. Books via the Kindle. One in regards is called the Lords of the Sith, plural. Another one is just called Tarkin. I assume it's just Grand Moff Tarkin's memoirs and you know letters that he wrote to home and so forth. I'm not really sure. I'm hoping it's his party years at college. <laughs> yes. Um, somebody also purchased Batman Beyond, the complete uh, series on deluxe limited edition Blu-ray. I think that even just went on sale, so that's a good idea, man. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody also purchased a sofa through our click-through, Todd. A full-sized adult put-in-your-house sofa. You know what I could say about the Amazon click-through this week, Joe? So far, so good. Nope, nope. We already have the show title in stone. <laughs> I don't care. I wanted to get that in so All bad. Right. And more and more folks are still continuing to get supplies for their comics, whether it have been boxes a couple weeks ago, the big storage boxes and stuff a few weeks ago. This week, somebody bought uh, 100-count packs of the resealable comic bags. And 100 current size comic backs. Um, they, Joe, they misspelled it in the uh, thing and said boards. Uh, they're not made of wood, so there can't be boards. They're definitely backs. I'm 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 looking at the. It says boards. I don't care. I, I'm sorry. I have to go with uh, BCW supplies. They're boards. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm winning this argument every time this stuff comes up. It's sad. Get this is not the hill you want to die on, Joe. No, I've got like six hills I'm dying on currently. So this one, and, this one is more the fun the, the hill that I have fun on, Todd. That's right. You want to die on the hills that was down in the Scranton Mall there, where you oh. could get your toys and stuff like that. Did you ever buy those shirts? No, I didn't. I was uh, talked out of them because someone informed me of the poor quality of the uh, printing. I guess it's what's referred to as the direct-to-garment sort of thing, as opposed to, like, a silk screen or a screen print. Right. Uh, so typically after three washes... Now, granted, I could just not wash my clothes, <laughs> but apparently after three washes, the uh, the print starts to come off them. I was informed by someone. And it's someone whose word when it comes to these sort of things I take very seriously. So the words you, you trust. Um, so did, it's direct-to-garbage instead of garment. Uh-huh. That's that's that, well, that's that Chicago company, but anyway. I'm sad because I really think you would you you know the Arthur Treacher's one was made for you. But I was talking about the Arthur Treacher shirt this weekend to people that I still want it, you know. Mm-hmm. But there's no, there's nothing more appealing than me in yellow. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a visual. Yes, indeed. Uh, but thank you, everyone, for any and all of the purchases through the Amazon click through this week, now, and forever. Yes. Uh, Todd, did we have any art attacks this week? We only had one from, you know, perpetual uh, person, Rebecca's art on the art attack. Um, this one they did. It's a Porco Ross Rosso. I don't know. I've never heard of this character. Uh, the, the, t- the titular character from the Studio Gibby films. I don't know. Oh, I thought boy. it was an Ugnaught from Empire Wow, Strike. you are... I'm just slaughtering. I'm not an anime guy. It looks nice, but the words are not my forte, Joe. Uh, while I may not be familiar with this particular Studio Ghibli film, uh, that is a very nice approximation of uh, Porco Rosso. And uh, the Studio Ghibli films are great. 
Uh, they're right. they're a nice entry point if uh, most anime are scary to you. This is kind of like I don't want to say that it's like anime for babies because that's like a ridiculous statement to make. But I will say that a lot of these animes are very. Uh, what's the word? How can I phrase this? They're themes that translate to the West. Okay, I get what you're saying. Because uh, a lot of times in an anime, there might be some very specific themes of a very specific time and place and era in Japan that gets lost in translation or in the localization of. They just completely eliminate, so then a lot of stuff doesn't make sense. That's not the case in Studio Ghibli. Uh, no. they, they do a very good job of making sure that these their films, for the most part, can be enjoyed by any and all audiences, regardless of your country of origin. All right. So from now on, I'm not going to use any of those words and just call it a hipster ugnot. That's all I'm wow. going to do. <laughs> that's that's horrible to say. Right. Anyway, let's get into TV talk. Latest episode of Star Girl. Maybe you're watching this uh, as it just came out. I'll give you a couple seconds here. As we bid the non-TV folks adieu, episode 512, Longbox Heroes, thanks for listening. And I'm going to take this moment to take a drink of water. You do that. So, is Stargirl, the TV show as a whole, too good for the DC Universe TV shows? Um, no, I think it's too good for the CW TV shows. Well, let's worry about season two and see how that works out for them. Right. Because I think, I mean, I've enjoyed Swamp Thing, but obviously that had the quick ending. I haven't seen Titans, but everything I'm hearing is Doom Patrol is really good. So I don't know. I'm hearing a lot of quality on uh, DC Universe. Yes. Um, we have a lot of turmoil, of course, in regards to at the end of the last episode, we had the cliffhanger of the mother, Barbara, um, what's the actress's name? Amy Smart, finding Amy Smart. right the cosmic rod. And as we see Courtney and uh, Luke Wilson uh, doing his best David Arquette impersonation, trying to lie their way out of this. And so much of this is in regards to uh amy smart getting upset thinking that luke wilson is trying to convince courtney that her father was star girl just so that she can go on these cockamamie adventures with him and therefore being put in danger and that begins a schism between amy smart and luke wilson right uh though like i you know i do do find it interesting that amy smart's like your father wasn't starman um, and, you know, as much as Courtney's like, no, 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 like, it doesn't want to hear it. It's like, you might want to kind of listen to your mother, but we're supposed to take, this is the one confusing part where you're supposed to take that all the pictures of uh, Pemberton are, what's the word, blurry from the pictures that uh, that Pat has. But then there's that one straight up postcard that it's really clear that it's the soup guy. And I'm like, well, she know who the father is. And then, the, then she ends up looking at a blurry picture. And I'm like, I'm all confused on all this now. But, you know, I do look at it. And especially when it finds out that it was the, that it wasn't the car crash. It was fighting these villains in, you know, Blue Valley that ended up hurting Courtney. I think was 
the beginning of the like the last straw for Amy Smart. You know what I mean? But, right. So this technically was the B story, but it felt more like the A story because it felt more of our main characters, whereas the actual A story was the continuation of Brainwave and Brainwave Jr. Brainwave comes out of his coma. He has some memory loss. He finds out that the sun has the same power that he does. Uh, Icicle, on behalf of the Injustice Society, shows up to recruit him, of course, because he is the last piece of the puzzle that Snake Man, Scary Snake Man, (laughs) Dragon King, uh, you know, Dr. Ito needs so that they can take over, quote-unquote, the heart of America, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously we get a bunch of conflicting narrative stuff with Brainwave Senior, I guess, if, you know, we have Brainwave Junior and Brainwave Senior, of course. And then there's the climactic battle at the end between the two of them where, you know, Brainwave goes back to being full evil. And so are we to believe that Brainwave Jr. is dead? I believe we're meant to believe he's dead. Right, because Yolanda cries and they play sad music. But I don't know. I I, I don't feel he's dead. I don't either, but I do have to admit... That, like, after all his, you know, fantastic acting that we've seen over these weeks, um, I did, there was that moment where he, he, like, it kind of won me over where he's, he sacrifices himself because he pushes everybody through the, the gate and it closes up and he's like, go, I got this. And he's fighting. And in the end, he's like, he just gets his, you know, he gets his lunch handed to him. And then he does look at Yolanda and he says that he's sorry. I was like. You know what? Like that in everything that we've said and how he's, you know, he he likes to grit his teeth and, you know, spit spittle everywhere. That's his version of acting. When he said he was sorry, I legitimately was like, oh, if he's dead, I'm sad. You know, like because he had a, a rough go of it, blah, 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 even though he did what he did to Yolanda. I'm like, this is all about redemption. And, you know, he should he should get that arc. But I I'm literally 50 50 on whether he's dead or not. So, this is only 13 episodes. Brainwave is not the lead character. This is not Brainwave. This is Stargirl. Mm-hmm. If this was a 22-episode show, I think these last two episodes would have been stretched out maybe over like a six-episode arc or a four-episode arc or whatever it is. Right. So, it did feel as though Brainwave came out of the coma, had amnesia, relearned all of his memories... And then became full evil and killed his son very quickly. And I think the actor who plays Brainwave is very good. The actor who plays Brainwave Jr. was better in this episode than he was in last week's episode. <laughs> for, for whatever that, that, that entails. Um, with that out of the way. Um, he does. The Brainwave Jr. actor does have very sympathetic eyes. Mm-hmm. He does a better job of conveying emotion and sadness with his eyes than he does with his words <laughs> or his other acting abilities. <laughs> so I think that did help toward the end, but I don't think he's dead. Right. Um, though I will say the whole thing where you say with Senior going through the motions, becoming evil again very fast, I just go, he was always evil and i did like the swerve where they're in there is like so when i found your mother 
she was ice cold and he's like, oh, it was the icicle that did it. He's like, no, like she wanted me to run away from all this. So I killed her. And in, in that, in that moment, when they switch from icicle of kill, killing uh brainwaves, wife or mother, depending on whether it's junior or senior goes like, no, like I've always been a baddie. I've just been confused since I woke up. It's all back now. And I'm going to, I'm going to, don't make me make this choice again. Cause if I killed your mother, I'll have no problem killing you. And I was like, it like all that was, like you said, maybe quick, but it all worked for me in, in said episode. It worked for me as well. I just think you could have gotten a little bit more play out of it. Like we talk all the time about like all these shows, you know, just because you have a story to tell, doesn't mean it needs to be 22 episodes. Mm-hmm. But on this, like even a couple episodes ago, the stuff with Cindy playing the cat and mouse with Courtney when Courtney's convalescing in her in her bedroom. Right. We could have got like two or three episodes out of that, like a little bit of like mystery added there. We could have got, you know, maybe like two episodes, three episodes maybe uh, out of, you know, Brainwave Senior, you know, coming out of this. I'm not saying that it didn't work, but I'm just saying that these are pieces that like I would have enjoyed if they got a chance to breathe a little bit more. Because See, they were I'm- so good, I wanted more. Fair enough, but I'm of the mind this is kind of like 13 episodes is where I want it. I think we're chugging along good, and I have I have no problem. I like the fact that, you know, Cindy's, you know, still trapped in the closet. Uh, that was funny, her outing them as they come through through the through the door and everything. I don't know. I, I just liked it all, but the thing is I do like that uh, – that, it kind of rhymes the episode from the beginning of seeing Pat and Barbara meeting in the diner to them, you know, talking again at the end in the diner, trying to figure out because Amy smart has come around in the fact that she also sent an email to apparently the father of Courtney. So we're going to see where that goes. Uh, Just the fact that she's like, you know what? I don't trust them talking in, in a foreign language in the room and she records it. So she becomes smarter than what you you're, you're you think she is you know what i mean and she comes around and i'm happy because i did not want to see her and pat break up at any point for even other than like i'm mad go sleep at the garage all right now let's figure this out and i like that because it means their relationship is stronger than hey we're gonna break up for a while and no icicle you know love triangle if you will and that's perfect because that is also in one of the other story threads on this show that if this was a 22 episodes show, they could have drug out a little bit longer. And this is one that I'm glad that they did because right. this is more realistic. We're like, we have a fight. Now there's a bigger thing here. I'm no dope. I'm not just going to be blindly mad at you. I am actually going to scratch the surface a bit and I am going to see that maybe you're right. Mm-hmm. So where do you fall on the Sun storyline then? Um, We still don't have Jakeem Thunder. Right, right. Uh, But I was just curious as like if you think, you know, when he's not shilling products, you know, uh, what did like his take? Because I do like the fact that like he's with everything that's going on, he's still the one that's out of the loop and he's all confused. He's like, I'm not sure what's going on here. You're trying to bond with my father. They're fighting like and he's just upset. Give him a pop tart and hopefully he'll feel better. I, I kind of like the little bit. They're not giving too much. They're They're giving him something without, you know, giving him too much time. If, if you will. I hope they don't sacrifice the son mm-hmm. and like kill him off. 
I don't think they will just because I don't want to go down a dark path here with Jeff John's history. I don't think he's big on, you know, killing off the main character's kids, if you will. Right. I was going to say, because we've already had two kids in the main cast die. One that we were in. Well, okay. One that we know of. (laughs) One, one for sure that was introduced and killed in the same episode that Joey, that we're supposed to all have this emotional attachment to. And then Brainwave Jr. that we're being led to believe that he died. Right. But do you, do you see what I'm saying, though? My I do. Take on I do. It, I'm just like, I don't think he wants to instill that kind of, uh, uh, though, even though he did kill, like in comics, he did whack Flash's mother. Like, that was the first thing that he wanted to do. <laughs> so, I don't know. We'll see. I hope they don't, you know, do the do the kid dirty either. I'm enjoying Stargirl. Yes, it's a really good show. And uh, I'm glad we're watching it. I'm glad we took the chance on it. Hey, maybe in the break when Stargirl is done and uh, we're waiting for the boys to debut, mm-hmm. uh, maybe watching that old guard on Netflix as a thing? That, that could happen. Okay. Did you see, because I forgot to bring it up before the show, that Sci-Fi is having a special on Todd McFarlane this weekend? No, I did not see that. They're doing like a story of his life kind of a thing. Oh, that's and, interesting. And interviewing people. I didn't know if you saw it. I, I, I'm not saying that we're definitely going to watch it for the show. But it's something that I'm thinking about at least DVRing for myself to to see. Because it's it's it looks really interesting. Just on the quote that he won me over on. He's like, hey, three, 300 issues of a comic doesn't just happen. He goes. And I'm like, man has a point. Maybe I'll sit down and watch this. Remind me, remind me, and maybe we'll, maybe I'll make sure I get a chance to watch that. We could talk about that next week as well. Okay. Uh, so I think that's it for real now, right? Yeah, I think that's everything. All right. Well, thank you very much for listening to episode 512 of Longbox Heroes. For Todd, this is Joe saying thanks for listening, and we'll see you all here next week. Remember, be a faucet, not a drain. You're listening to the soon-to-be-named network, the Lamborghini of Podcast Networks.